You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Happy New Year from Screening in Kingston. It's 2023. We made it. A new movie year is about to begin. But before we do that, this episode is all about looking back, which I'm really excited about. We're going to look back um, on the year that was. Um, There are just a few fan questions that I'm going to do before we bring on um, our special guest host co-host this week, just because some of the questions are related to specific things that have to do with Star Trek um, and some upcoming stuff. So um, I will, I want to address those before we have to have our guests just kind of sit through that. Um, So I'm going to go through a couple fan questions. We've got our special co-host guest that will be joining me um, in just about 10 minutes. um, And we're going to go through a bunch of stuff from this past year. It'll be very, very exciting. Um, So without further ado, let me get to a couple fan questions, and then we will welcome our co-host to the show. Um, So first question here comes from Josh the Inquisitor. We haven't gotten to Josh in a few weeks just because of the strange uh, recording schedule. So Josh wants me to name my top five Ryan Reynolds movies. Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. Um, Top five? I mean, I don't know if there are five that I could name. Like the two Deadpool movies have to be in that top five. Like I think they're the best that he's done. Uh, showcases like his his abilities that I think like again Ryan Reynolds is one dimensional he can do one thing and he can do one thing very very well and he does that in Deadpool um he there was this movie he did I can't remember it off the top of my head I'm sure fans will scream at me because they know this movie but it has something to do with uh it's like a romance movie that he was in where he's like talking to his daughter and recounting how he met uh her mother actually um so I think that movie I remember actually enjoying for not being super into romantic comedies. That one was pretty good. Like he does a, he does a pretty good job there. Um, so those three movies, I don't, again, I don't know if there's anything else he's been in that I would necessarily say, Oh, wow, this is worth, Oh, well there's one, there's this movie kind of unknown movie um, that I discovered when I think I was in high school. Um, and I really, really liked it. It's, it's about um, a, a poker game where the, I'm trying to look it up now because I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. It's a really, really old movie. Um, and it was when Ryan Reynolds was quite young and Matthew Lillard was in it. Um, and it was basically about one guy finds a wallet with a, a winning lottery ticket in it. And the reason why that's sort of important is they always do this poker game where they bet um, lottery tickets in it. So he suddenly knows He's got this winning ticket, and for many, 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 many uh, twisted reasons, he has to sort of decide, am I concealing it from these friends of mine who are coming over for poker? Like, what are we doing? Um, it's called Finder's Fee. So there, that's the movie, Finder's Fee. If you're looking for a fun, like, hour-and-a-half thriller that takes place just in an apartment, it's really great. Um, uh, Matthew Lillard, as I said, is in it. R- James Earl Jones is in it. Ryan Reynolds when he's a bit younger, like it's a, it's pretty good. It's a, it's a pretty good movie. It's from 2001. Um, and that's something that, uh, that I really enjoyed. So there's four. Okay. That's, that's good enough, Josh. I gave you four. I don't think I can, I don't think I can think of a fifth. Um, this next question 
comes from Carter. So Carter wants to know in terms of your next Star Trek episode, what, what, what is this going to look like? Um, are you going to be focusing mainly on those two movies? Are you going to be bringing the series into play at all? Um, it sounds like you're both really uh, two big Star Trek fans, but to me, it sounds like one of you is a Trekker and one of you is a Trekkie, if you know what I mean. Um, yes, I do know what you mean, Carter. Um, Trekkers and Trekkies were sort of the two people who discovered Star Trek at two different points. Like one is the original series and one's the next generation. I think Trekkie is next is original series and Trekker is the next generation. Um, yes, I think, I think obviously Tyler would be in that category, a Trekkie, and I would be a Trekker because I, my series is uh, the next generation. But I mean, to me, it doesn't matter um, what, what, when you discover Star Trek, so long as you're a fan and that you don't like Star Trek Discovery. Those are the only things that really matter. And I think you'll find what we're going to do is we're going to debate these two films in whatever way we feel is necessary to try to to, to win the debate and however we're going to do this. I don't know if we're going to have a moderator. I don't know if we're going to have like a scoring system. We might have fun with it. Like, you know, things like when CBC does the debaters and those types of shows, like they're always fun. Like Tyler and I am sure we'll have fun with it and we'll make fun of each other. It's all just for, for fun anyway. But I do think if we want to bring up the series, we can. If, if we feel that one of the movies closer to the series and if that's a negative or a positive, I feel like it will come up. But I think... What we're planning on doing with that Star Trek episode is Star Trek Insurrection versus Star Trek Nemesis, um, and uh, we'll we'll see who wins. That's basically um, what it's going to be. Our next one uh, comes from Tayson. We haven't heard from Tayson in a while. Um, Tayson says, hi, Screening Kingston, and whoever the guest is this week. Two things. Falling for Christmas. I'm so glad this movie was brought up. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. My wife and I watched it as soon uh, as as it ended. Uh, she turned to me and said, that was the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen in my entire life. She was uh, using, <laughs> she wasn't using hyperbole either. Oh, that's funny. Uh, it's truly that bad. Well, um, I, I, I don't know when we're going to bring Falling for Christmas up taste and I'm not going to watch it, but I'm sure it will come up. At some point. Uh, number two, you mentioned a few episodes ago about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. I know if you've mentioned this on the podcast before, and I feel it's time that I make my stand to respectively and firmly state, no, Die Hard is absolutely not a Christmas movie. I will not budge on this. Anyway, I just felt like I needed to make my voice heard and stand up for the truth. Love the show and have a Merry Christmas. Well, thank you, Tayson, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Um, those are fighting words, my friend. Um, we're going to have to talk. Uh, I'm going to email you. We're going to have to talk about this. Listen, I think Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I have a couple of reasons for that. We will discuss it maybe at a later date. Um, it's it's really great to, to... I think your opinion is actually shared. People seem to be right down the middle on this. Whether like it's Die Hard a Christmas movie, is it not? Seems to be a lot of interesting discussion around it. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts, uh, Tayson, on this, and, and we'll uh, we'll talk. Uh, but thank you for, for your questions. Good to hear from you. Falling for Christmas. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting one. I really don't want to, um, I really don't want to watch it. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, okay. Uh, one last fan question. This one comes from Akil, uh, another Star Trek related fan question. Akil said, it's really interesting to me that these two movies are going to be the heart of the first Star Trek debate. I honestly thought it was going to be series driven because to me, Star Trek is all about having a great 
TV series, and a couple movies here and there that seem very different than what the Star Trek I love is. Now, don't get me wrong, I do enjoy the movies. I am a big fan of all the movies. I will always go to see them. And with the exception of a handful of them, I just feel like they're a little bit too, quote unquote, Hollywood movie for me. I wonder what your thoughts are on this and if you feel like you do like the series more so than the movie. Um, yeah, thanks for, for that, Akil. I think at the end of the day, Star Trek is a TV series more so than anything else. I think it works better as a TV series. I think it works best as an episodic TV series. Even within episodic television, you can still have storylines that run away all the way through. Deep Space Nine, Voyager, they're good examples of a hybrid model. Um, and they do it very, very, very well. So I think that, um, I think at the end of the day, I agree with you. I do enjoy the movies. I think the movies are good extensions. I think if you're gonna do something in the theater, you have to give us something different than you would um, in, in watching the show. But I agree with you. There's a, like some of my favorite Star Trek movies are the ones that feel like the TV show. Star Trek Beyond, my favorite of the newer Star Trek films. It felt like a long episode of Star Trek. Um, and I loved that. I thought it was really, really well done. So yeah, it is interesting to me that we decided to, the first debate to be a movie. I kind of stand with you on that. I, I feel like we probably were going to and would have under other circumstances. Um, but again, just like Tayson's showed, someone has fighting words and the other person has to bring up. The minute he said that he liked Star Trek Nemesis, I, I can't let that go. I can't let that go unchallenged. So we'll, uh, we'll see at the end of the day. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for your fan questions. Uh, once again, fan questions will return for the rest of the month. We're pretty much on a closer to normal schedule now. So you can go to screeningatkingston.com. Just fill out the form right there or email us screeningatkingston at gmail.com. Well, this has never happened before. I'm uh, I'm getting a phone call here. Let me just uh, answer it. Um, hello? Hey, Mike. It's Taylor. Taylor. What, what an unexpected surprise. <laughs> How's it going, bud? Good, good. I, I'm literally just recording right now. You caught me at a time where I happened to be uh, recording our show. Well, that's, uh, that's great. Good timing on my part. Hopefully we can chat for a little bit. Yeah, that's excellent timing. If, if we can steal you for a bit, I'm sure our fans would love an update. How, how are you doing? How are things going? About my health condition, Mike. But, uh, Nothing. Very little. <laughs> <laughs> having a baby is a breeze compared to um, some of the things I'm dealing with health-wise. But um, things are very good. George is seven weeks today and hates being awake. So if you hear crying, it's because he's woken up and he's not happy about it. But um, yeah, having a baby is a lot of fun. And slowly I am recovering from my uh, health stuff, but it's, uh, it's a slow road. So we'll just play it by ear on, in that regard. But otherwise, we're doing good. Yeah, all, all our fans know is that you had uh, some, some health issues that weren't related to the pregnancy, kind of a, at the end of the pregnancy, but that you're doing all right and that everything is kind of on the good path. So it sounds to me like your your update is things are still going well and you're on the road to recovery. Yes. Steady as she goes. <laughs> good, good. Well, I'm glad. I, I know our fans have missed having you here. Um, I think the number one thing that I'm sensing from some of the fan questions we've been getting recently is that people are a little annoyed just hearing my opinions um, of various <laughs> films. 
so one of the things that I was hoping, uh, now that you've called me and I'm kind of uh, thinking off the top of my head, maybe we could get you to tell us some of your favorite movies from this past year, because you're, you're ca- catching me while I'm doing our recap show. Um, so, you know, if you can look at some of your see I don't know if you, you know, maybe have a list in front of you, um, or could do the Taylor thing and find a list quickly. Um, it <laughs> would be great to hear your thoughts recapping this year and, and kind of what you thought were the best movies that you saw. Mike, I can do one better for you. I not only can I give you my see it list, I even have an original movie review to give you today. You do? Yeah. I do, yeah. <laughs> I'm completely shocked by that. You act, So you watched an original movie recently? I watched a movie last night, and it was the first movie I think we watched that was all the way through because George typically only gives us about 20 to 30 minutes of movie watching. Right. But I watched a brand new Netflix movie, and I thought, I'm going to review this and share it with Mike because Dan doesn't care about it. <laughs> Right? I need someone to talk I need someone to talk to you about this movie. So anyways, I will give you my favorite movies of twenty twenty two plus a film review. Well, this is amazing. That's that's <laughs> what what a pleasant surprise to get out of nowhere um, well, in the yeah, middle of recording. Uh, here I am thinking, oh, I'm doing this recap show by myself and yet now we've got a, a big surprise. Okay, well, where do you want to start? I mean, this is your first time on the show in a while, so you might be a little rusty. Um, so you want to review your movie first, or do you want to start talking about uh, what you saw this year? Well, let's do the movie review first. Might as well. It's not going to be a long one. It's a, It was a silly movie. It was, um, it's called... Falling for Christmas. Have oh, you heard of this of course it one? is. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one that uh, Nicole keeps wanting me to review. Okay, but, like, no one's reviewed it yet, right? No, no, no. No, I was avoiding it. Okay, so last year, this might be, like, a new feature for the show. Last year, if people remember, I'm pretty sure I reviewed, I definitely watched it, and I'm pretty sure I reviewed it, A Castle for Christmas. Yes. Yes, with um, Carrie Ewins or whatever, that British actor. Anyways, so, and I taught you about the the genre of hallmark movies right and this is the netflix version of hall hallmark movies well this is this year's um movie falling for christmas and it's Lindsay lohan's big comeback (laughs) so that's why everyone's been buzzing about it and the lead the male lead he looked remarkably familiar yet very bland he might he might, you know how there's like an extra Hemsworth brother? Yeah. He kind of looks like the extra Hemsworth brother, but I don't know if it was him. I didn't bother to Google it. I got, you know, baby brain. I thought, whatever, Mike can look it up later. But anyways, so um, that's what I that's what I watched last night. I thought, you know what? We just finished National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'm going to put on Falling for Christmas because why not? And... Um, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. It's kind of silly, um, but it's very sweet. And Lindsay Lohan, like, really gave it her all. She, like, went in for it. She could have phoned it in. She did not phone it in. She was like, I'm going to fully be present in this movie. So kudos wow. to Lindsay Lohan. 
And there were some cute little like Easter eggs. Like she sings um, one of the songs that's in Mean Girls. You know what I mean? So like anyone who's a fan of Lindsay Lohan, anyone who's my age. So this is probably why Nicole wanted you to review it because Nicole obviously is of like the Lindsay Lohan cohort. Um, If you are a fan of Lindsay Lohan, check this one out. It's a sweet movie. You know what I mean? Like it's a Christmas fluff. If you like Hallmark movies, this this is a good one. Like production value, corny. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> As they all seem to be. Yes, like they use the same set. You know what I mean? And like all the same props. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and like the fake snow or whatever. Um, but you know what? It was. It's exactly what you want for this time of year. That in between time between Christmas and New Year's when no one's really working, and if you are working, you're not really working. Like. <laughs> You know, put this on in the background. It's an hour and a half, so everyone knows I love a good movie that's less than two hours. So that's probably why we were able to get it in last night, because it wasn't very long. Right. So, uh, Georgie let us watch it all the way through without any breaks. So, anyways, that's my review. It's a stream it for Falling for Christmas. And hopefully we'll see more of Lindsay Lohan. Like, she was quite... um, it's like it's it reminded you of like how she was prior to her troubles really Lindsay Lohan like was a big star oh absolutely if only if only you know those things didn't happen because she hasn't been acting right these Mm -hmm. last oh I don't know I want to say like a decade oh it's been almost a decade at least right and like she's very charming like (laughs) she's nice to watch on screen and I think um I think there might there's a rumor that she's going to be doing more movies for Netflix. I think I read that. Did you? Does that ring a bell for you, it, Mike? It I does. I I think it, I don't have it in front of me, but I think she went as far to sign one of those multi movie contracts yeah. with them. Like I think it's gone that far where she's actually you know on the hook uh, for it. But it sounds to me like this was the best move for her if if she is because the, the positivity around her has been there this whole time for this movie. That people are saying that she's kind of back um, with this one, so you're you're echoing what I've heard about it. Yeah, like I don't know if I could ever like. Is she going to be in the next Knives Out movie? Probably not. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, though you never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But like, I feel like this really like speaks to her strengths, and you like slaughter like you know this is a good genre that she can slot herself into and mm-hmm. just like keep turning them out like whatever. Um, but she was very good in it. And like I said, she did not phone it in. Like she, she gave a very good performance, all things considered for the Hallmark movie. So, um, anyways, it's a, it's a a stream it for me falling for Christmas. I, I hope there'll be more, um, hopefully we, and funnily enough, they, um, there's like a scene where she like turns on Netflix accidentally (laughs) and guess what's playing. A castle for oh, Christmas. Of course. <laughs> Gotta plug that other Christmas movie they did. <laughs> so I hope they build a cinematic universe. This Christmas cinematic universe. Um, yeah. Over the years. I hope that they don't include that weird one I saw, California Christmas or whatever. Oh, yeah. That was the weird yeah. one. I saw. So to, to solve the problem of the, the, the man, the male lead, his name is Cord Overstreet. So he's not That's a Hemsworth. The- he was that in. Sounds like a, a fake name. It does, 
but it is his real name. <laughs> and uh, he was in Glee. That was no. the big thing he did prior to. Are you looking at a picture of him though? He does look like um, I don't know. Like he looks familiar. It, like I don't know him from Glee, but like yeah, he, he looks like one of those actors that. Anyways, obviously well suited for the genre too, because he's kind of like bland is like a rude way to describe it, but like you know what I mean, like every man kind of look to him. Yeah, and and the description of the third Hemsworth brother certainly fits um, for that. Now the third Hemsworth brother, he's actually in uh, that HBO uh, Western one, uh, Westworld. Yeah. Oh, he's the one of the. Um... Guard, yeah right? like one of the security yeah like the head of security or something yeah and he's like yeah. he's like super super short like not even remotely like he doesn't look anything like his two brothers no. <laughs> isn't that sad that he'll always be the third hensworth brother and not even what's interesting is is that they're not even like half brothers all three like it's the same family yeah exact same and like the other two look very similar and he looks so different. He's the odd man out. Yeah. It's like, um, well, the Skarsgårds are a famous family. You know, there's my favorite. Of course. Um, and, you know, this is horrible, but I'm blanking on it. We'll just blame it on my illness. Alexander uh, Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I, I was going to say Alex. Alex Skarsgård. That's we're correct. On yeah. a, we're on a nickname basis. Exactly. Right you two are on real close terms. <laughs> and then his brother Bill, who's an it. Yeah. They're brothers, and you wouldn't you wouldn't really know. No, no. Their star power is equal. Yes, like the third, poor, poor third hand. Poor third hand. We don't such low star power. We don't even know his name. (laughs) I don't. I don't. I don't know his name. Uh, I I don't either. Um, I you know I know you're in the middle of recording uh, there, Mike, so I can't derail you too much with the Hemsworth talk. But that I just wanted to share a little bit of new content because I know I've been away for so long. So I thought I would, you know, do my part and give you a review. No, that's a, that's a pleasant surprise. I'm glad you did. And I'm glad someone on the show who isn't me saved me by reviewing Falling for Christmas. You would have hated it. You would have hated it. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I think like, it's, they're cute. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's like, that's how I would describe it. It was cute. It was like, is it predictable? 100%. Sure. Do you know what you're going to get? But that's why, that's why you like these types of movies, the genre. Cause like, you know, it's going to have a happy ending. You know, everything's going to work out. That's exactly what you need for this type of year. Yeah. This time of year. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that you're right. If you know, you're going to like this kind of movie, then you're going to like it. Like yeah. they're, they're kind of the same for a reason because they know what works they know what people like. And for this time of year, there's a huge audience for these movies. And I think that was my review for A Castle for Christmas, too. I think mm-hmm. I gave it a stream it. It was like, they're fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say that they're even like a step up from the mediocre Hallmark movies. Like, they're they're fine. Right. So, enjoy it. A little bit of a better Hallmark movie. So, there yes. you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> Falling for Christmas. Taylor's first review in a while. A stream it. Well, that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad you did that. Um, so now, do you want to take a look back at the year that was and give us some of your best movies of the ones that you saw, going all the way back? It's been a long year, longer for you, I would imagine, than anyone, <laughs> anyone else. So, whatever you can remember of the movies, tell us what were your favorites. 
Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to miss 2022, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was great because it ended with a baby, but um, yeah, what a year, what a year. So I, believe it or not, I do have a list in front of me. I'm going to just rattle off my seats. I'm always shocked how few seats I have. Um, I think (laughs) this this year was a pretty rough year, though. Like, I don't think there were a lot of see overall this year. Yeah, I know you're going to get into it in the recording, but, like, how many did you have? I uh, only have nine. Yeah, I think I had 11 yeah, for me. A, yeah, it's not a great. And then, of course, I kind of stopped watching movies in, like, September, right? So I missed October, November, December. That's three months of movie watching I didn't get in. So what are you going to do? So anyways, my see list was The Batman. Turning Red, The Northman with Alexander Skarsgård. Of course. Um, the Unbearable Light of Massive Talent, Elvis, Minions, Rise of Gru, Bullet Train, 13 Lives, Do Revenge. So there you go. Like not a not a very long not a very long list. Quite short. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a good variety, two children's movies, a couple action movies, you know, why not? And so my top five, like my favorite, favorite ones, The Northman. I thought this movie was great. It didn't, some of the reviews were like not super great. Um, and I don't know, I mean, that, that director, what's his name, Robert Eggers? Eggers, yeah. Eggers. I think people don't realize that he's like a little bit of an art house director. Right. right. And so they like went in thinking this was going to be like your typical <laughs> blockbuster. And it's like, yeah. no. <laughs> no, not, not quite. <laughs> no, like, I really, really like this movie. And I was disappointed to see some of like, you know, like when you go, this is like, you never should do this. But you're on Facebook and I don't know, like a social media page will like post something about the movie and then you like read the comments and everyone's like this was the worst movie i've ever seen i'm like were we watching the same movie like i really enjoyed this movie yeah yeah Um, and i'm really looking forward to what else he's gonna put out i think his next movie and i my fingers are crossed is going to be nosferatu um i'm pretty sure and i think I could be crazy. I think Bill Skarsgård might be attached to that movie, or he was for a time. This sounds right. I don't know if this is something I've ever heard, or just because you're saying it, I, I'm like, yeah, this sounds like this should be true. <laughs> this is like my fever dream. You know? Yes, like, yeah. His next movie is Nosferatu, and Bill Skarsgård will play Nosferatu, and it's like, that's not even remotely correct. <laughs> yeah, 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 you just want it so much, you want to wish it into existence. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think for a time he was connected to that project. Whether he is now, I don't know. And for a time, Anya um, Taylor Joy was connected to the project, but I think unfortunately she has dropped out. Mm. Um, and she was in uh, his first movie, The Witch, and she was in The Northman. Yeah. So, um, kind of, I guess I don't wouldn't go so far to say his muse, but like it is not. He does use her. So, anyways, that would have been a good movie, Bill Skarsgård and Anya Taylor-Joy. And even for a time, I read a rumor that Harry Styles was attached to the project. Ugh, again? But, More Harry Styles? <laughs> but that was before, this is like, 
I, I think I read that rumor, like, when The Northman came out, so, like, almost a year ago, right? Mm. So, um, or whenever this movie came out, I don't know. So, lots could have changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, between now and when the movie actually goes into production, like, it, it could be a completely different cast. I don't know. I haven't read any rumors since then, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, so, whenever that comes out, that's one of my highly anticipated movies, because I, I really like him. I think he's an interesting director. My second favorite movie of the year, Elvis. Oh. It was really good. And again, I, you know, you look back and nostalgia might be, um, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm always more positive looking back than I was at the time. I think that's probably true. (laughs) If someone um, goes back and listens to my Elvis review and I'm a little bit more critical, just, you know, give me some credit. I'm sleep deprived. I have a new baby. I think the Elvis movie is great. Um, The only thing I hate about that movie is um, uh, Tom Hanks. I think he was horrible. (laughs) I did not like Tom Hanks at all in that movie. But that young guy who played Elvis, he was just on, he just hosted SNL. Austin Butler. Oh my gosh. He was phenomenal. He was amazing. I think, I hope he's nominated for an Oscar. Um, I don't think he'll win it just because that's how the Oscars are. But hey, they gave the Oscar to Rami Malek. So. If they gave it to Rami Malek, they should give it to him because his performance was better and we're still, I mean, the the whole Elton John biopic is still a bit of a. Well, I was just going to say that's. We say like, oh well, if they gave it to Rami Malek, well they didn't give it. They didn't nominate the Rocket Man movie, or did it? Did it go up for Best Picture? Uh, it was up for Best Picture, but he was not nominated for Best Actor. Which to me robbed. Absolutely, absolutely robbed. Yeah. So I think I hope that young guy Austin Butler. I call him young. Who the heck knows? He's probably <laughs> our age. He's probably thirty. I, I think know. he's in his early thirties, though. Like I think he is. You know, just maybe just turned thirty. I call him a young guy because I feel like he's only just breaking out. Yeah, so. he's been in a handful of movies. And like, wow, what a star. He was He was phenomenal, Elvis. And um, if you like Elvis music, I mean, how can you not like Elvis music? I mean, you don't listen to music, so maybe this movie's not for you, Mike. But. I mean, I've, I've heard Elvis. I mean, I'm not, I don't live <laughs> under a rock. I've heard, I've heard Elvis. They're, they're, he has some king. tunes. Yeah. King, he's great. So um, that's my second one, Elvis. Um, third one, another controversial in the sense that I feel I feel like it didn't get good reviews. Bullet Train. I really liked Bullet Train. I remember you really liking it. Um, and maybe even more than Elvis. So maybe they should switch spots. But um, <laughs> classic Taylor. Things haven't changed, Mike. I'm just gonna changing things as i'm recording yeah i mean it's your list do whatever you do whatever you want with it <laughs> so this movie was a lot of fun it reminded me a lot of and i had said this during the review it reminded me a lot of a guy Ritchie movie that was some of the negative fan um comments like oh this is like a guy Ritchie ripoff but it's not as good i'm like what do you mean it's not as good i thought it was i thought it was a lot of fun um, there was some controversy around whitewashing because it is originally um, uh, a Japanese, I want to say, novel. Um, and the characters originally were Japanese. And in this movie, they flipped some of the casting and casted um, 
non-Japanese actors in a lot of the roles, and that was controversial. That controversy aside, I had a great time watching this movie. Like, this was, I saw it at, in the theaters, it was a real theater movie. Um, my one critique was that, like, Brad Pitt was, like, fine as the lead. I felt like he was serviceable. Mm. I think you could have swapped him out with another actor, and the movie would have been the same. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the movie, like... Brad Pitt being in the movie didn't add anything to it. Right. But, yeah. Um, he was fine. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. like, it would have been, it probably would have been fine or better if another person was in the movie. And, like, I like Brad Pitt. And I think I've said that before on the on the show. I think he has really good comedic timing, um, which he doesn't get a lot of credit for, as far as I know. Like, I, I never see people talking about his comedic timing. I think he's funny. Um, but he was just like okay in the movie. But otherwise, the I thought the movie was a lot of fun. I loved the the there was um, two actors, and I, I forget. I I apologize. I don't know their names off the top of my head. One of them is uh, one of them was in um, oh that superhero movie. Uh, that doesn't narrow it down, Taylor. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, anyways, guys, again, just. Just give me some uh, some grace. My brain isn't. Uh, <laughs> I think our fans will forgive you. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, they it's two actors and their characters are called the twins. They were so great. That like was my favorite part of the movie, and yeah. I feel like their um, chemistry and their comedic timing and their acting that alone is worth watching this movie. But overall, I thought it was a lot of fun. Bullet Train number three see it or number two depending if i flip it with maybe you'll flip it so you're, you were yeah. thinking of aaron taylor johnson from kick-ass yes. kick-ass yes. yeah okay and, and brian tyree too. henry was his quote-unquote the other twin his twin yeah which is <laughs> yeah. you know really funny <laughs> when you look at the two actors side by side you you will understand why that's a, a, like a, a gag <laughs> I don't know that second actor, Mike. Like, have you seen him in things? I have, yeah. He's been in a handful of things, not uh, not the same level. Um, he's done a lot of voice work. Like, he was in okay. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. He was in If Beale Street Could Talk. I don't know if you saw that one. Oh, I saw that. I saw yeah, that Yeah, he was in If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, he was also in The Joker, but had a kind of smaller role in that. And he was in Godzilla. Okay, so like not like super. He's always working. secondary, third characters. He was in one Marvel movie. Like he's done a few handful of things here and there. So he's a he's a working actor. Oh yes, and he's he's <laughs> we he's him. also up and coming. Like he's getting more right. and more big roles as we kind of go along. So I think you'll see more of him moving forward. Is he, is he American? He's American. So in the movie, he's like he does like a Cockney accent. <laughs> like you don't he plays like a british person you would have no idea that he's american always fun <laughs> yeah i love it. yeah anyways so that's a good one if you haven't checked out bullet train yet don't listen to the the negative reviews go and watch it my fourth movie is the unbearable weight of massive talent ah. this was a good one i think i saw it the same weekend i saw the northmen i think i saw them like back to back um very different movies um but also a lot of fun it, i kind of described it as like a a buddy like a buddy action movie like a very unlikely pairing it's um of course nicholas cage and 
the um Mike, you'll know his name because he's been in the Star Wars. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Yes. Yeah. He's been in other things. But the but the Star Wars mainly. Yes. yes. So they, <laughs> like he's probably for people would be like most recognizable from the Star Wars movies and Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. Oh, is he? He's in Game of Thrones. Yeah, he plays uh, from from one of the kind of other provinces. Yeah. He's like a prince. Yeah. He, yeah. He comes over the the snake. Or the Viper is his kind right. of like nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that rings a bell. So, anyways, to me, that's like unlikely casting to like put them. <laughs> yes, together. you wouldn't think in a that type of comedy over the top thing that Pedro Pascal would be in there. No. And they have phenomenal chemistry. Um, the movie's a little bit twisty, turny. Like there were some twists and turns I didn't anticipate. Um, another movie that like, it's just a lot of fun. I think my like m- my motto this year was like, "What's a fun movie?" Like aside from The Northman, these are like actually I don't know because my last movie isn't quote unquote fun. But like looking at like the ones that I I rank- ranked as see it like Turning Red, fun movie, Minions, Rise of Gr- a Group, fun movie. Do Revenge, fun movies. 2022 was the year that I just wanted to watch fun movies. So anyways, unbearable light, weight, unbearable weight of massive talent. That's, yeah, that's a long name. That's I think a mouthful, right. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think I'm getting it right. That is right, yeah. Um, where's the sea? I enjoyed it. Like, there were people laughing in the theater. Um, again, not everyone's a Nicolas Cage fan. I think... I think this one's good, even if you don't love him, because he, like, pokes fun at his own persona, so you don't have to be a huge fan to enjoy it, but that was a good one. And then my fifth one, and I think it's, I, I'm i kind of on the fence about adding this one, but I think because we were so looking forward to it, um, I'm putting the Batman on the list. Right, yeah. Um, and... I feel like I can't remember if I loved it when we reviewed it. Um, but it's it, I ranked it as a C, so I must have liked it. I'm saying it's on my list because I'm excited to see where Robert Pattinson will take the role. Certainly exactly. more so than the Joker movies. Oh my gosh. You're more I, excited I, about Robert Pattinson. Have you, been, have you guys been talking about it while I've been away? A little bit. I mean, certainly the musical news and, and the Lady Gaga stuff. I mean, we haven't talked about it that much, but but anytime there's something new, uh, it's come up. <laughs> Did you see the sneak peek of um, Joaquin Phoenix in the role? <sighs> no. <laughs> so he's like completely emancipated. What's that word? Em- 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 emaciated he's completely emaciated and it's like covered in sores and it's like being shaved at arkham oh that's like the first image that's been shared so okay. like very gritty this is like <laughs> again like i don't i can't wrap my head around what this movie is gonna look like because that's still you're like that's not a musical. No, <laughs> no, it, you're not you're describing like, a musical. <laughs> you're like that. Like it, it very much fits within the worldview of the of the Joker, the first movie, and it's like how I just don't know. I don't know how they're going to introduce the musical aspect of the movie. <laughs> that's the big question. Like the big question is how are they going to make that a part of it? 
I mean, they're in Arkham Asylum. I'm sure they can do something with the mind and people going a bit in, insane in there. But we're just, everyone that I've talked to about it says the same thing. How are they going to make this work with the genre without it being a complete and total mess? So I am looking forward to it for like hate watching. Just to be like, <laughs> yes, what? Like, yeah. How? And like, so, um, you know, if this was a Tim Burton Batman, yeah, like no question. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I could see that 100% totally makes sense. But even even if um, the first one was a musical with Joaquin Phoenix, it would have made sense. But because it's such a divergence and like this still like go like once we're done off this phone call, I'm like look up the still. Oh, I will. This is not this is not a musical. This isn't even like Sweeney Todd. This is like, ew, like he looks gross. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's been in a insane asylum. So anyways. Um, I am looking forward to the next Batman installment. I did enjoy it. I remember being very uncomfortable because it was like another wave of COVID. The theater was completely sold out and there was like an eight-year-old in our row that kept, who got up like maybe three or four times mm. during the course of the movie. So I remember that more. <laughs> oh, I, I vaguely remember this. I think you were, yes, that your, your movie going experience really impacted Horrible. how you felt about it. Yeah. And I, I remember saying like, if I get COVID from watching the Batman, <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get COVID. Knock on wood, I've made it this far without COVID. I don't know about you, Mike. I don't know if you've survived 2022 without COVID. I have thus far survived, yes. Yes. Um, my household as well, so thank God for that. I did not get COVID from Batman. Um, but anyways, I thought that we were so looking forward to the Batman. I think that um, it, it lived up to my expectations. I'm really excited to see where they'll take um, Robert Pattinson's character. I yeah. think my one um, critique is I wish they had said it weirdly, like in the '90s. And I, I like, I'm pretty sure I said that when I did the review was that it feels very like '90s industrial, and I just wish they would have committed to that by setting it in the '90s. You know what I mean? Like it was a little bit like too hyper realistic for me like i would have i like it better when it's like it's a comic book movie you know what i mean like right. this doesn't have to take place in new york yeah it takes place in, it takes place in gotham yeah let's make it like a 90s industrial whatever so that was my one critique but i'm really looking forward to where the franchise will go i yeah. still it's a bummer that we're not going to see robert pattison face off joaquin phoenix's joker um that doesn't seem to be in the works but um we shall see we'll sh we'll yeah. see because there's a big shake-up since you've been gone at uh at warner brothers and the dc I, movies i saw headlines that um um they put like a they want to do like the mc universe like they've put like a showrunner or i guess it's not yeah. a showrunner that's the tv version but like what's the it's a director right basically it's a yeah he's gonna be an executive producer um and it's james gunn yeah. uh and he's been put in charge. Now he's co-in charge with another producer whose name no one knows. Um, so James Gunn's the big name behind it. But yeah, they're basically ex exactly what you're saying. Just like Marvel, they're going to act basically like a showrunner. So anything goes. You know, well, um, I don't know if I was sick yet. 
and I don't know if we got a chance to talk about it on the show, but they like they could completely shelve a movie like they did with Batgirl, right? Like, and they have, (laughs) (laughs) and they will. We might not even get a second Robert Pattinson <laughs> Batman movie. Yeah. So um, I hope that's not true. I do hope that we'll get another one because um, plus like, well, I was going to say he signed a contract, but I'm sure that girl who was in the Batgirl signed a contract. Oh, I'm sure. Oh my gosh. How devastating. So anyways. Be awful. Um, that I'll recap because I've been meandering. My top five for 2022, The Northman, Elvis, Bullet Train, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and The Batman. Uh, that's great. That's a, that's, I think it's a really good list. I think it makes sense, um, with what you're saying. And I think sometimes you look back on a movie and you remember it a little more fondly than you did in your experience. So I, I can totally relate to that. That's, that's awesome to get your list. And I'm, I'm glad you threw a little bit of Taylorism in there and changed things up. Uh, <laughs> I gotta keep you on your toes, Mike. I know. <laughs> can't do. Can't just go straight forward. You gotta do a couple I'm different sure, things. <laughs> I'm sure that your guest hosts, because their guests are on their best behavior and they treat you very well and are very respectful. But I gotta, you know, I can only be me. Exactly, and I, you're right. All our guests are still in the polite phase. So, uh, like our first year of screening at Kingston, the polite phase. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, when we were very, um, you and I, when we were very nice to each other because we didn't know each other at yeah. all. And now we're like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, your rules out the window. That's yeah. what happens. Um, Taylor, we don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, you, you've been so generous with your time today to to give me a call and to talk about the year that was. I know I speak for our fans when I say that we we've missed not hearing from you. We've missed having you. We are so happy to hear from you and that you're doing well. And I'm sure like listen to the episode the week after this one, Taylor, because I'm sure fans are going to write in and I'll read them all again uh, with, you know, congratulations and, and happy thoughts going to you and your family. So thank you for doing this. No problem. Mike, one last funny little thing. Go ahead. That I want to, I want to share. So um, my father-in-law was over at, Christmas time and he was asking about the show he was asking if I was going to come back to the show I said of course I'm going to come back to the show I just don't know (laughs) when (laughs) and I said you know I would love to know if listenership has gone up or down (laughs) only because if it's if it's gone up that would really hurt my feelings you know I left the show and now your listenership has bloomed since (laughs) since I haven't been around but if it's gone down that means people miss me but of course, I'm only kidding. I hope this everyone is still listening. You know, no one's left the show, but it would. I, I was wondering, hmm, how many people have jumped ship or come <laughs> to the ship with in my absence? Listen, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. It's a fluid thing. You know our audience. It's a fluid thing. I know. Um, I, know. I, was I, only ki- I was only joking. Anyway. We. I will say this, but one weird thing happened. Usually, our Star Trek episodes are a little bit less in terms of interest level for people, but the last Star Trek one we did was almost, and maybe even a little better than a normal episode. So I'm not, too, we, we gained some Star Trek fans for the one that we did. The um, algorithm must have been working It must have been. And you didn't, you didn't know this, because I, I know you can't uh, listen to the show every week, so you don't know the continuity of it, but I had had Tyler on as a regular guest, and people oh. complained. Oh. They, they wanted him to talk Star Trek. Uh, so we, we actually, Tyler got his first 
taste of of not so nice uh, <laughs> ma- fan mail. Uh, he he replaced Taylor in that instance, and there he had I to take some need, heat. I, I don't even need to come back. Yeah, if he's getting the hate mail now, but I'm only kidding. I do. I will be back in time. Yes, it's just going to take time, and I'm sure I know our fans are happy to hear from you, and they're going to be happy to have you back whenever that is. But we're not going to rush you back because you know you you just created a life. You you need some time. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> and you know what? He's been very good. I think he only wailed once. So we'll see if the listeners are able to pick that up. We'll hey. see. Maybe if you've heard it, don't edit it out. No, I will absolutely <laughs> not. No, George's first appearance on Screening Kingston. I would never edit that out. Uh, that'll just stay in hello. there. Yes, exactly. Um, well, thank you again, Taylor. It was really no, great hearing you. from you. Um, we hope to have you back soon. All right. I hope to be back. And there you go. That was Taylor. So excellent to have her back. Um, we're hoping that we'll hear more from her in the coming uh, few months. Expect to see her on the show kind of sporadically for short snippets, kind of like we did there. Um, you know, Taylor wants to ease back into things. So we'll see how it goes over the next little while. But it was great to get an update from Taylor um, and to have her back. Um, so to wrap up the show today, I'm going to just go through my see from 2022 um, and my top five, just like Taylor uh, gave her top five. I'm going to go through mine. So remember, these are movies that one, um, I saw and reviewed for the show this year. Um, and two, this is not including anything that I have seen recently in the coming weeks um, over the holidays or that I will see in obviously January and February because there's a lot more movies from 2022 that I'm going to have to catch up on before the Oscars. So just keep that in mind. If there are movies that end up winning awards later and that I end up saying should get an award later, it's probably because by the time of this recording, I simply hadn't seen it. So there's a lot to catch up on this year. So I'm going to go through my see it for 2022. It's also a short list, um, which is funny, but it's it's been an interesting year for film. So here are all my see it's from 2022. The Batman, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Top Gun Maverick, Thor, Love and Thunder, Nope, 13 Lives, Barbarian, Wakanda Forever, Smile, and Enola Holmes 2. Those are just the movies. Obviously, there were a few shows that I saw that I liked in there as well, but those are all the movies that I gave a see it to. Um, Barbarian and 13 Lives, uh, you'll note, were movies that actually other people viewed and eventually I saw later, and I happened to agree um, and gave it, gave it a see it. Tyler saw Barbarian, and the week after he reviewed it, I actually watched it, um, and Taylor saw 13 Lives and reviewed it for the show. So I included it because, frankly, they would have been see it's. Um, sometimes I'll do that if we've reviewed it and I went back and watched it. I'll give it my rating as well. So those are all the see it's. So coming down to a top five was kind of tough. Um, I think I had, I, I did have about six or seven movies that I was considering, but it was a bit of a slower year for see it's. Like I, looking back at the list, I realized how many more movies I gave uh, stream it's to than I gave see it's to. So that that's kind of interesting that I, uh, that I kind of was middle ground a lot more movies and like, oh, don't rush out to see it, whatever. I don't know if that's the pandemic kind of still talking where it is a little bit more riskier to go out and do things, um, even though 
all the movie theaters I've gone to have done a great job of making you feel comfortable. It's still something to consider. So maybe I was a little harder on movies. Um, but I do have a top five here. Um, and just like Taylor, I, I guess I'll go one to five because that's that's what Taylor did. But anyway, my the, the best movie um, that I think I saw in 2022 was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, this was everything that I think Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I wanted that movie to be. But Everything Everywhere at All at Once, I think... I think it's pretty good. Um, I know it's a little bit out there. It is a little bit strange. It can be a little silly at times. I think you have to accept some of those moments. I mean, the whole concept of the movie is that you're changing something. You're doing something extremely unexpected. And that's what gives you access to this multiverse of things. So what's unexpected is often strange, weird, sometimes gross. So it was an interesting kind of concept in terms of that. But Michelle Yeoh knocked it out of the park. Um, the whole cast was incredible across the board. I thought it was really just well-written, a lot of fun. If you're someone who really enjoys movies, but sometimes you find the, the more artsy, arthouse films kind of annoys you a little bit, this is the movie for you. Because I think it's a really good in-between. It's artsy, it's a little out there, but it's mainstream feeling enough and there's enough other things in there that it's basically like, it feels like the matrix at times. It feels like an adventure movie. It feels, it feels like a lot of different things all together um, rolled into one movie. So everything everywhere all at once, I think it was my top film uh, of 2022 um, going into 2023. Number two, the Batman. Um, this movie, the first time I saw it, I think I felt so, so on it. But then when I saw it a second time, I actually liked it even better than the first. Um, again, like everything ever all at once, there's a few moments in the Batman where I kind of have to roll my eyes. Um, but for the most part, it, it was pretty darn good. I mean, the one thing I'll say about Warner Brothers and DC, the Batman movies, they've been able to get right. I generally enjoy a Batman movie, whatever they do there. They, they seem to understand that character. They seem to be able to do things with it more so than the other ones. Um, I want to see more of this Batman. I thought Robert Pattinson was fantastic. I think he's going to be a very good Batman. If they could stick with him for, for a couple of years, I think it would be great. I'd love to see more of Batman at this age, still figuring it out, making mistakes, clearly smart, but makes a lot of mistakes, isn't hundred percent sure of himself trying to figure things out. Um, I really liked it. So the Batman was number two, number three, nope from Jordan Peele. Um, listen, <laughs> one of the things I'm going to say about my top five lists is all three of the, these movies, I feel like I, I have to also like justify by saying, I know they're also a little strange and they are. Nope. A lot of people didn't like a lot of things in Nope because they felt like the ending was a little too simplistic. I feel like I can talk about it a little bit now because you should have seen it by now if you were interested. So I guess I'm not really you know, spoiling it for anyone, but I will talk a little bit more in depth about Nope right now. Like, I really liked the fact that it was, yes, sort of an alien thing, but wasn't an alien spacecraft. Like the fact that it was like a creature and the whole idea of, of nature versus, um, versus humanity and the idea of like, can you really truly control this creature? Um, and these ideas of like not being able to control animals, even though you think you have, um, certain amount of control over them. I thought that was pretty good. And I thought that was well done. And the one thing I will say about Jordan Peele is I think he does a really good job of writing movies in a way that are 
so interesting that you can get what you kind of want out of it. If you just want to go and have a fun time with Jordan Peele movies, laugh a little bit, but have a little bit of like uncertainty, a little bit of scariness in there, these movies are for you. If you want to think it through a little bit more, there's things here to dissect, but you don't necessarily have to. Like he's so, he, one of the reasons why I'm really interested to see more from him is he's so multi-layered in his approach to, to filmmaking. I think that comes from his, his love of the Twilight Zone. And his love of these kind of one-off um, little worlds that you can create and create the rules within them. And all his movies have felt like long episodes of The Twilight Zone. And that's that's great for me. Um, a breakout performance for Kiki Palmer in the in the film. I thought she was very, very good. Daniel Kaluuya, I mean, at this point, you just know he's going to be brilliant. So what else can you say? It was really good to see Steven Yen again. I haven't seen him since, um, I guess it would have been, he was in a movie last year. Um, but then, you know, he was obviously on The Walking Dead and he's done a few small things here and there, but you don't see much of him. So it was kind of nice, um, to see him uh, as well. So there you go. That nope. Number three, not for everyone. I understand that it's not a horror movie. It's more of a mystery with more of a just thriller aspect to it than it is a horror movie. Number four, Top Gun Maverick. This surprises me. Um, I thought, here we go, another 80s nostalgia movie that they're just trying to bring something back from before. If you're going to do movies from the 70s or 80s and do like a sequel, this is the way to do it. Um, they did everything right. It was it was interesting. It was an adventure. Talk about a popcorn summer movie. This was the movie of the summer. It stole the summer. It was perfect to see in theaters. I gave it a see it because, frankly, you should see it on a big screen. Um, it's It was really well done. Tom Cruise always gives it his all like say what you want about him he always always pushes forward and tries to do um everything he can in the movies and give you like a good piece of entertainment top gun maverick was really well done um i thought the new characters were interesting i thought that the way they kind of paid tribute to the 80s movie was good the only thing i really remember not liking about it was it still felt like it was stuck in the 80s not that it had progressed 20 something years or how many years that they said in the end the movie we were forward it still felt a little stuck in in the 80s and i i thought it would have been more interesting to look at the you know the air force the navy the army all these institutions and see what has actually grown and changed which if you talk to people in the biz things have changed Maybe not fast enough, maybe not in the way that we want it to, but things have changed a lot. And it would have been more interesting to see Maverick or some of these individuals dealing with those changes. But what they decided to do was still very good. Again, simple concept, focus on one, one nameless enemy. We have one thing we have to do. We have this to accomplish. We've got to train our pilots to do this. They did a really good job explaining why it was mainly impossible um, and they needed to train and work hard to kind of do it. Um, I thought it was really well done. It surprised me. I didn't think it was going to be good. My number four movie. And number five, um, this one belongs to Wakanda Forever. Um, I think it was the best Marvel movie of the year. I did have actually Doctor Strange at number five. And then I remembered Wakanda Forever. I just, for whatever reason, I forgot about it, even though it, I saw it most recently. Wakanda Forever was was um, a stronger film altogether. The Doctor Strange, I think Doctor Strange had a lot in it that I was interested in and I was entertained, entertained by, but I was so disappointed that they didn't go further into the multiverse and we didn't see different versions of the multiverse that I, I kind of felt like we were a little bit, you know, ah, he only really gave us one world. I know that I'm sure they're building up, they're probably trying to save it, but the 
good name, Multiverse of Madness. I wanted more madness in the movie. Wakanda Forever paid like perfect tribute to, to Chadwick Boseman. It was really well done. Ryan Coogler's a fantastic filmmaker. I think he's starting to finally transition out of the up and coming filmmaker. You remember that conversation with Nicole a couple weeks ago? Um, I, this is now, I think, film four that's kind of mainstream. Well, really three, because I don't know if a lot of people saw Fruitville Station. But anyway, I think I think for me, he's starting to really emerge as like he he's going to be able to get big projects. He clearly um, does really well with things like Creed and Wakanda Forever and Black Panther. And he's able to obviously take these movies and add a lot more heart into it. So they're not just mindless blockbuster movies. And that's what Wakanda Forever was. It wasn't just a superhero movie. It was had a lot of heart, had a lot of reason, had a lot of um, meaning for what was going on. A character is basically dealing with grief from the beginning to the end, going through the various stages. Um, really, really well done. Uh, fantastic work overall by the cast. I'm looking forward to returning to Wakanda um, and Marvel. It was the perfect way to end phase four. So that's why at the end of the day, it got the edge over Doctor Strange, even though I, I still like Doctor Strange. Um, I still, I had Thor Love and Thunder on my see it list. It's just, if I'm choosing one movie, of these three from Marvel, it's going to be Wakanda Forever. It was the best of the year of the bunch, um, without a doubt. So there you go. Those are all my see it's for 2022. That's my top five movies. Um, we, you know, we had a, <laughs> a lot of disappointing movies this year. Like I got to say, I was looking through the list and um, even through some of Taylor's uh, skippets uh, and airplane it's, and it was a, it was a bit of a rough year. For movies. I mean, there were a lot of movies that came out that I wouldn't even say they were disappointing. We just knew and thought they were going to be bad. And then here you go. They're bad. Like Death on a Nile. I I really just didn't think it was that good. In spite of the fact that I, I really enjoyed the book, actually. Um, Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore was an absolute disaster. Um, I really think they, they are running that franchise into the ground and need to change directors. Um, another one that I wanted to bring up kind of in the not great category was obviously Jurassic World uh, Dominion, but I suspected that wasn't going to be any good. Um, but there's a great example of Jurassic World Dominion, absolutely disaster, like just a dumpster fire of a movie. Top Gun Maverick, a fantastic movie. The way you do these properties matter. And and I think that that's one of the things looking at the years, you could, you could do this a little bit better. Um, but if I were to choose like a worst movie of the year, those are some of the ones that I would choose. They were just, again, I... I'm trying not to get too worked up uh, over movies when they're absolutely terrible. Um, they're just not worth seeing. That's why I give it a skip it. Or an airplane where if you're just curious, like if you're curious about the secret, uh, about the, the Fantastic Beast movies, if you're curious to see where they're going, but you're not as invested, like that's what I'm going to do. I don't think I'm going to see another movie in theater of them, but I might watch it at home, not cost me anything whenever it comes on streaming, or I might watch it you know, as a matinee on some random weekend where I have to clean. Like, it's just not worth paying attention to anymore. Um, so that's that's kind of the ones. That, this was a really middle ground year. Um, there were a lot more stream it's and airplane it's than there were skip it's and see it's this year. Things were kind of just middle ground, fine, what have you. Um, hopefully we see a better year in 2023. There's so many, so many cool movies that I'm looking forward to. Like, I can't even, I'm not even going to list them out now because we just don't, uh, we don't have the time for it. Uh, in this episode, but there's a lot 
of movies that I'm looking forward to in 2023. So um, I'm hoping to, to have a good movie year. Um, that's it for us here at Screening in Kingston. Once again, Happy New Year. We're into 2023. Um, next from us, you're going to see a couple episodes through January as we start looking at um, Oscar previews. We're going to be seeing as many of the, the Oscar Buds movies as we can and all the awards movies. I'm sure we'll talk a bit about the Golden Globes once they happen. I don't even know when they happen, sometime this month. Um, and uh, we'll also uh, be doing our movie club. So don't forget to go to screeningandkingston.com. You can sign up if you want, but you don't really have to. There's two forms on there. The first one is just for you to give your feedback once you've read the book and watched the movie. Um, and the other one, you can sign up if you want. We'll just send you an email with reminders, that type of thing. Um, so we're seeing A Man Called Otto or A Man Called Ove or Ove. Um, the book, you can get it now anywhere. Um, I downloaded the audiobook. Because I had a hard time finding a hard copy of it. So I'm listening to the audiobook. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but the movie comes out just in another week. Tom Hanks stars in A Man Called Otto. So we'll probably give you till the end of the month of January. I think we put January 28th as the deadline for now. I'm going to talk this week with Katie and we'll get a for sure deadline out there. But start reading the book now. The movie will be out in another week or so. Go to screeningandkingston.com for all the information on our movie club. Thank you so much, everybody. It was great to hear from Taylor. So from Taylor and myself, go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.